0: Yes. happy Sabbath everyone let me let me thank uh, let me thank all those who participated in the worship service today thank you and Brother Cruz thank you so much for that song I believe the Lord chose that song for today praise the Lord so glad to be back praise the Lord and um, I just want to say, being away for that, for that time has shown me how well I've grown so connected to you in this short space of time. I really have, and um, even while I was there involved in ministry, just being connected with you in ways that I could. And knowing that some of you here today, maybe some watching online as members and friends, are going through some, some level of trials. And um, one thing I like, I so much love about this church is when one hurt, guess what? We all hurt. And I just watch how people just get together, mobilize accordingly. To support each other and that is a good thing and i just want to thank the lord for you can i do that i thank the lord for you um and god is god is doing good things in our church for the next couple of for the next number of weeks i should say I have been thinking and praying on how do we step forward. We have been journeying through the fruit of the Spirit, where we have found that God is very much interested in not only bringing forgiveness and blessing us and lavishing us, with bringing us back to himself. He wants more than that, amen? And we've been talking about maturity. He wants to forgive us, but he wants to help us to go and sin what? No more. That is maturity. And that's what he's about. And so for the next number of weeks ahead, I would love to step through with the church family. Um, We can't do it with every single chapter within this book, because there's over 50 chapters. However, I'd love to journey with you through the book of Jeremiah. The book of? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. So each time I speak, we will go from points to points until we're able to cover as much as the Lord leads us to. So, today I'd like to share with you our topic, Jeremiah. Rebellion, repentance, and remnant. Rebellion, repentance, and remnant. Let's bow your heads with me and ask the Lord a blessing upon His word. Father, thank you. You're truly a good God. You deserve the highest praise. You have heard our singing. Father, I'm sure uh, you have listened to our prayers. You have accepted, Father, our generosity. And Father, this is what it's like. It's uh, You have put this in place. You have organized your church in such a way that we can come together and express what's deep down within our hearts our great affection to you. And so we just want to thank you for that. And now we turn our thoughts over to your word. You have brought us together to hear something from you with the different things that we are all going through. Father, we're is seeking your guidance at this time and as we step through the book of jeremiah in the weeks ahead and today i pray that you'll teach us and as we learn and as we are edified by your word we ask that you don't leave us there we ask father that you bring us beyond the information of the text And you bring us to a place of transformation. Father, I submit all that I am in your hands. And all I I desire is to be used by you according to your will. I submit my faculties willingly over to you. And I ask, Lord, that you speak to me and through me. May you all be blessed. And may we all be changed. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. In his book, I Surrender, Patrick Morley writes that the church's integrity problem is in the misconception that we can add Christ to our lives, but not subtract sin. It is a change in belief without a change in behavior. He said, it is revival without reformation and without repentance. I find the book of Jeremiah to speak so clearly, yes, to people of that time, but I believe so much, so much more to people today. Many people will be so satisfied to be blessed by God with all of the, 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 the riches of, you heard me say it earlier, of forgiveness and eternal life. And that is uniquely a blessing that you find nowhere else. And so being a Christian, sure enough, sure enough provides something to human beings that can bring assurance, a calm when dealing with death, and above all, it brings this sweet confidence knowing that God is on your side. But with all of that, God wants much more, much more than that. God desires much more than our worship. Are you with me? There's so much more that he desires to accomplish in the human life that goes far beyond just forgiveness. Far beyond just the glorification and the eternal life that we will one day live with. It's that middle piece where we struggle a lot with. And that is the part of salvation that deals with sanctification. It's the part where God desires to make us more into his image. Are you with me? And that is the critical piece uh, that is after. And that is what we're going to see as we journey through the book while he deals with his people in Judah the book of Jeremiah of course it centers around the man Jeremiah I like the fact that hey listen he's just a man sure enough sure enough he was born in a priestly home he was born in the pastor's he's a PK can I say that he's a pastor's kid right and he grew up seeing how important salvation was to God. In other words, he grew up seeing God's method of dealing with sin and how nasty it was, how messy it was, day in, day out, watching people come into the temple with their lamb, confessing their sins over this lamb and having the throat of the lamb slit and then the priest taking the blood in a in, in a cup and uh, and bringing that blood within the sanctuary, and year after day after day, year after year, looking at that scene, Jeremiah saw all of it, and I'm sure enough, I'm sure enough, young Jeremiah was seeing how important saving mankind was to God. Look at a snapshot of his life. Chosen by God as a youngster to be the prophet to the nations. Can you imagine that? Back then and still today in some measure seniority is likened to wisdom wouldn't you say? As you grow the older you get Is the more wise you would say you become is that true so now you have just a little boy being called by God to minister to people far older than himself and to minister spiritual things not only that when God called him God told him that his life would be difficult Would you like such a call? In fact, God said, you will never marry. You will never have kids. Think about Jeremiah, a young man getting this call with all these things attached to it. When the greatest thing for a man living in that Hebrew society is to have children, to have sons, to perpetuate their lineage. Are you with me? Jeremiah, none for you. In fact, I'm going to give you a message. And as you share this message, people will reject you. They won't like what you say to them. In fact, Jeremiah, they will try to kill you. Can you imagine this? They won't like you, they'll try to kill you, but I gave you this message. In fact, they'll imprison you for what I want you to say to them. There was, there was time, there were times when Jeremiah became so despondent with God. In fact, he got to the point where he started questioning God. But God stepped in and reassured Jeremiah during those times. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He's the crying prophet. When he saw how the people were living and the things they were doing, in fact, in chapter 9, Jeremiah said, Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slaying of the daughter of my people. When Jeremiah considered what the people were doing before his eyes, and he knew the message that God gave him for them, and they would not listen to him, all he could do was weep. He saw impending danger coming. He warned the people about it. He was crying out to them day and night to turn, but they would not. And so, that was his lot. I want you now to turn with me to the prophet Jeremiah, chapter one. And with that, I would like you first to look with me how God helped Jeremiah through this turbulent time through every step, when it, when it looks so dull and dark, how did God achieve his goal through Jeremiah's life? And the, question, the, 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 the thought is this. If God could help a young man who faced so many challenges in his life from day to day, he can certainly help us as well. Jeremiah chapter 1, are you with me? I love chapter 1. Chapter 1 of Jeremiah, the entire chapter, verse 1 to 19, it actually gives you a full overview of the 50-odd chapters. It's a very good, concise rendering of what is ahead. And so that's where we're going to spend some time today, in chapter 1. But it will give us a very solid overview of the entire book. Jeremiah chapter 1, let me read verse 1, and I'll just go to verse 6 or 7. The words of Jeremiah the son of Elkiah of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah the son of Anathoth Ammon, the king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. Jeremiah served as a prophet through the reign of five kings. Three were listed here. Two weren't listed simply because they only ruled for three months each. So it wasn't listed here, but he ruled under five kings. Can you imagine Jeremiah watching and learning and still doing what God asked him to do, regardless of everything he faced, not only from the kings, And the people but from this babylonian tribe that we're going to learn who came and captured jerusalem then the word of the lord came to me saying before i formed you in the womb so now 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 remember what i just shared with you the young man was facing all these negative things ahead of him And now God stepped in and God said, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you a what? Prophet to the nations. You are mine, God is saying. Then said I, ah. Many of us would probably answer like this, wouldn't we? Then I said, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak. For I am a what? I am a youth. You know, when I when I read this, it brought my mind back to when I was going to college. When I gave my life fully over to the Lord, I won't forget when the pastor came to me, pastor of the church, and he said, Listen, I'd like you to prepare. A sermon for the congregation. And gave me a date. Can you imagine? Gave me a date. Let me tell you, one of the to see what's happening here right now is completely God. If you know anything about me, don't put me before people to talk. Are you with me? Um, I would tend to actually do well. When I'm before, uh, I, it was difficult. You know when you're in class and you have to present materials within, within your class, projects and all of that? I would tend to do okay with that. But you're talking to somebody who's just learning about the Bible. Are you with me? And now I'm being asked to preach. i tell you what happened. Like Jeremiah, when I heard that, I was almost there to say No but I learned so much things from God during my college life. I prayed about it. And you know what? I prepared for it. And the Lord did something in my life that day I would never forget it. When I saw how he blessed others through my life, I said, Lord, wherever you want me to go, you show me the way. And do you know, do you know It's the journey of the christian life jeremiah is like us we do feel inadequate sometimes we do feel like we don't measure up in fact there are sometimes we do feel as if we have gone so far into what we're doing against god there's no way god will move me forward are you with me and god is saying listen i am here for the sake of maturity I can take you where you are right now with all of it. And I can bring you to a place that I alone can bring you to. Are you with me? And God is just saying, listen, if if you would only give give me the chance, I know how to do it. But I can't treat you like a robot. Are you with me? I just need your surrender. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was in that spot. Lord, I can't even speak. How are you going to use somebody that can't speak to speak to people? God said, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatsoever and whatever I command you, you shall what? You shall speak. Do not be afraid of their what? Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Hallelujah. Jeremiah, if I am with you, you are a winner. That's what he said. I know how to help you get over those addictions, Jeremiah. I know how to help you deal with that anger, Jeremiah. I know how to fix messed up people. You can try all the psychologists you want to try, all the counseling and therapy you want to go. But if you try me, you would find a major difference if you'd only give me a chance. Jeremiah, if I called you, I will take care of you. I will take care of you. I mean, this is so amazing here. And so Jeremiah was a person that God took. And he grew him from the inside out to where he developed a maturity within his spiritual life. Are you with me? And that's what he's after today, friends. Having problems dealing with people, Jeremiah can help you. I wonder who's calling there. Maybe the Lord have a message for us today. But watch me. God is ready to work with you. Only a human being like you and I that God took from one place and moved to another level But Jeremiah was given a message as well. I want you to take a look at this message and see how relevant it is for our time today. Look at this message here. uh, Let's go down to verse 16. Actually, verse 13. We are at verse 1. Let's go to verse uh, 13. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying... So God is speaking to Jeremiah... He's building him up. He's he's giving him confidence. And he came to Jeremiah and he gave him two visions. The the first vision was simply a vision to say, if I I give you my word, it would take place. Now the second vision, he said to Jeremiah, in verse 13, And the word of the Lord came to me the second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, and it is facing away from the what? From the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north calamity shall what? In other words, God would like Jeremiah to send a warning message to his people in Judah. He wants to tell them of something that's about to happen. And he would love for them to turn so that therefore this thing would never happen. Are you with me? He's seen an, in, an impending disaster. And the people had the capacity to either overcome it are you with me? Success, Or to have it turn away from them. And so God sent this message through Jeremiah to the people to say something is coming from the north. And it's very very bad are you with me that's the message first message there but let's keep going and all the inhabitants of the land for behold i am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north says the lord they shall come and each one set his throne and the what entrance of the gates at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. Disaster is coming, number one. Number two, I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wicked ways because they have, watch this, they have what? Forsaken me. They are burnt. Incense to other gods and worship the what? So, in other words, disaster is coming. Why is it coming? Because you have been practicing wickedness in the land. You have been worshiping idols and then you have been prioritizing yourself above everything else. And God said, Listen, you, in other words, this is a warning message. Nation of Judah to actually avoid this impending disaster, to turn from their wicked ways. In fact, it got so bad in Judah. Can you imagine? This was a group of people that experienced such marvelous um, uh, 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 miracles from God. They said they were God's people, but yet still they would worship Judah as their father. They would worship the stone. As their creator. Wow. Chapter 2. We'll get there next time. But can you imagine God watching this? The one who created them. The one who they used to worship as the only true God. They're now saying that the stone created us. The wood is our father. Where is God? The Bible says they have forsaken him. And so God now sends the discipline. Are you following? For them to change. And you know there are times, friends. There are times when God has to send the discipline. Did he send the discipline during the time of the flood? During the time of the flood? What was the discipline for? It was to save. He gave them opportunity to turn. All throughout the Bible, you'll see God using discipline to help people to turn. In fact, parents, we use discipline, don't we? Oh, only pastor and someone else here. Parents discipline children. But I tell you what, as a father, my discipline is purely out of love. Are you with me? Same thing with my my parents. Their discipline was out of what? Out of love. They wanted to see me change. Because if I continue on this path, it will not be good for me in the future. Isn't that true? It's just a part of life and God does the same thing. God saw the Babylonians coming and he wanted to let the people know, hey, listen, change and change now. The people, they would not. And God said, Jeremiah, please, keep going. Keep sharing. Keep warning them so that they might change. You know, the question is today, many people, when they think of Christianity, they are tempted to think it's a bunch of foolishness. is a group of radical people who are not in tune with the reality of life. Are you with me? But I tell you what in fact I would think to live a life denying the fact that someone created this world this beautiful humanity even it, 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 you can still see the beauty even with the mar of sin are you with me? Can you imagine what it would look like without the sin? But just to look at humanity, that's why God God says in the Bible, listen, the first step you make to me is first you have to believe that I am he. I mean, that's the first step, that there is a God who created this world, who loves humanity so much. In fact, this is the God that Jeremiah... Jeremiah was willing to move boldly with, move boldly with. To give a message to a people who the Bible said worship the works of their own hands. Their life was all wrapped up within themselves. And Jeremiah said to them, The way of a man, he said, is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his own path. We are taught something different, aren't we? We are taught that we should direct our own path, right? Who should direct our path? Jeremiah said? Let God. You know the greatest example of that, Elastro? It's seen in the life of Christ. You just think of the amazing things christ could accomplish by himself here on earth but you know what he did he first admitted himself to god and god directed his life you notice that god he never went and chose what he wanted to do in life he allowed the father to choose for him The work that I do, Jesus said, is not my work, but there's a Father who does them through me. Everything Christ did was directed by the Father. Who is directing your life and who is directing my life? Are you with me? It's it's, it's a very important thing to God. If we build our own life and then we just invite God to be a part of it, that's heading nowhere, folk. That's actually That's actually, when it comes to Jesus, the Bible described that as something that worries his stomach. So much that he just wants to vomit. He wants to have nothing to do with that kind of life. In sharing with some folks this morning. We wrestled with this. If it's not 100% over to Jesus, he doesn't want it none at all. Are you with me? There are folks, and I listen to them so many times in life. They'll say, "Hey, pastor, I got my doctor, I got my lawyer, I got my mechanic. I have everything I want, and I have my pastor." You know what I mean? Like they direct their own life. So when they anything they want, they have it right beside them. You know, everything they want. Listen, you begin with Jesus. You know what you should say in that case? I got my Jesus. I got my Jesus. And once you have your Jesus, then he will direct your path. Amen? The people of Judah move further and further away from God. And any time human beings does that, judgment is on the way. I like how the chapter ends. You can surely see God was working with a man. He gave this man two messages to share. And then he finished with the man by saying in verse verse, um, 17, Therefore, prepare yourself and arise. And speak to them all that I want, command you. Look at these words. Do not be what? Before there? In other words, Jeremiah, it's now time. You have the messages, all right? You have me beside you. Now he's saying, now go and know and don't be dismayed. Folk, let me tell you something here. uh, Being a Christian is one thing. Being a Seventh-day Adventist Christian is another. And here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Being a Seventh-day Adventist Christian means you. We. it comes with a responsibility. Are you with me? It, it, it comes with a responsibility in that we are no, I should say, higher than others. We are no better than others. Are you with me? But God has given this body of people, a certain message to share that runs counterculture. Even in the Christian realm. Are you with me? We are the group that teaches from the Bible that there is an impending doom coming. The Bible says in Revelation 14, do not receive the mark of the beast. Come on y'all. And so, therefore, therefore, it's, a, you know, it's, it's very unique to find out that there are churches who led this movement are saying nothing. Martin Luther had the full grasp that the Roman papacy was ultimate, ultimately shown here in Scripture in Daniel 7, Revelation 13, as the little horn and as the beast. And all you have to do, is well, if you know who the beast is, you can tell who the mark is. They'll tell you who the mark is. The beast will tell you its mark. And the beast is not ashamed to tell you what's its mark. It's under sacredness. And, and Martin Luther led the charge. No Seventh-day Adventist Christian was around that time. Ulrich Zwingli, the Reform Movement, Wesleyan brothers, on and on, these, 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 these reformers led the charge in doing all that they could to share this message to the world. Be very careful that you don't mix in any way with the beast because there's a power behind it. It looks good, it does good things, but there's a power ultimately behind it and the Bible says the power of the devil is behind it Pastor Harris didn't say. Martin Luther went back to the church to say, listen, it's very clear that the very church that I'm a priest of, are you with me, is stated as the priest and the little horn. The church rejected him, so he left and started a Lutheran church. The Lutheran church is saying nothing today. The only body of people that I know on planet Earth right now is the Seventh-day Adventist movement that's sharing with the entire world this warning of message, this warning against this power, this beast power. No No other church is sharing this. Jeremiah was sharing this warning with the people of Judah Today, there's a group of people sharing a warning with the world as well. Be aware of the beast's power and its mark. Or else, the wrath of God will be yours. What a, what a serious message. What a serious message. 7th the Adventist Christians bear the responsibility of this. I have sat with so many people were not, who weren't Seventh-day Adventist Christians, all I did was have them read Daniel 7, Daniel 8 and 9, Revelation 13 and 14, and you know what? When they saw it for themselves, Roman Catholic members, when they saw this, this warning from God, you know what they did? It's as if Jesus' word was on point when he said, my sheep hears my voice. Yeah. And when they hear it, guess what they do? There are people sitting in the pews right now that were former Roman Catholic members. All over the world you'll find them. People from the Baptist faith who have joined the Seventh-day Adventist movement sharing that the Roman papacy is the beast of Revelation 13. is the little horn. And it's not Antiochus Epiphanes. Are you with me? These are stuff... Bear these critical messages that we are like Jeremiah's for this last days. And I tell you what, there are people who are hearing this thing, these things and they're studying them for themselves and they're coming to Jesus. Over the past two weeks, you know, I was in Houston and we went through this and I watched people give their life to God. I had a I had a lady who came. Someone knocked at her door. Hallelujah! Someone knocked at her door, and she, she she doesn't answer her door for one knock. Are you with me? When she heard the first the first knock, she she kept silent, waiting to see if she would hear a second knock. And sure enough, the person knocked a second time. She opened the door. She told me the story. She was a member of Joel Osteen Church there in Houston. That's where she was going, I should say. She answered the door. There was a Seventh day Adventist pastor at the door. She was from Cambodia. The Seventh day Adventist pastor married a a lady from Cambodia so he could speak her language. Can you imagine that? And she was sharing with me her testimony. How much as she started to read this stuff through the series and through others who were studying with her, how much she just wanted to give her full life to God and share this as, to as many people as she could. God is on the move. Is he moving through your life? Is he moving through my life? He's on the move. Are we willing to be a Jeremiah? Are we willing to say, Lord, there's so much I don't know, but I'm willing to learn so I can share This is coming from Jesus. You know why? Because he doesn't just love us. Do You know who he loves? He loves the world. For God so what? That he gave his? That whosoever? Put a circle around that word whosoever. That means the rich. That means the poor. That means the black. That means the white. You name it. Everybody have an opportunity to embrace Jesus and to follow him. And this message regarding the beasts of Revelation 13 and the little horn of Daniel 7, this is directly from Jesus himself. I love verse 17. Let's, let's just finish it, finish it right here. Therefore, prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you and do not be dismayed before their faces lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a what? A fortified city. And and what? Iron pillar and a bronze wall against the whole land. In other words, Jeremiah, guess what? I know what you're about to do. It's not going to be easy. But think about Jerusalem. And think about how tall the walls are. Are you with me? Think about how thick the walls are. Alright? He's he's trying to say, Jeremiah, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to build you up so strong that not even the gates of hell, all right, no matter what comes against you, will not prevail. That's what he's trying to say. So there's nothing to fear. The only people who fear is the people who don't go. The people who do nothing about this, Who, who, who live life with Christianity, as theirs and never share. When Jesus comes in a life, you know, we, are, we, we can tell the difference he makes, right? Why wouldn't we want that for others? Last verse. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. And I love this. For I am with you, says the Lord, to do what? To deliver you. Let me read it again. Jeremiah, they will fight against you. They shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Lessons, before you were born, God knew you. Before you were born, he had a purpose for you. Before you were born, he has a special work for you to do. And even before you were born, presence was with you. The fact that you're here today, I don't believe it's because of some kind of coincidence. I believe God loves us all so much that he wants us to live an authentic life where we do whatever he asks us to do. No matter how, no matter how challenging it, it might be, God is speaking to someone here today to be a Jeremiah. Maybe it is to be a Jeremiah in your home where you do some things in your home and live a certain life in your home just like how Jesus lived life in his home and with his disciples. Maybe he's calling someone here today to step up with how they work with people And to treat people with a sense of maturity that gives God the honor and praise. Maybe he's calling someone today to say, listen, it's now time for me to move away from that immature behavior, behaviors that I have. And choose to dialogue with people so that Christ can be shown in our lives. Maybe it's time for people to start loving others so that God can know that we are his disciples. It's time for a difference in how we live. It's time for a difference in how we work for God and for a change. Judah, Judah, I am Jeremiah. Are you with me? And maybe, maybe others right here in the church might want to lift their hands with me and say, Garland, I'm Sean Harris. Do you want to call your name with a raised hand as well? And say, Pastor, you know what? I see some hands. Pastor, I want to be a Jeremiah. Right here in my church, in my home, in my school, in my workplace, wherever you call me to be, I want to present Christ in the most mature and effective way I can with your presence. Anyone want to join me with that? I'm going to invite you to stand. If you'd like to say, you know, Pastor, I want to be like this Jeremiah, 100% sold out for God, willing to grow and to mature, And to become the best I can be in your name. Father, thank you. Just to see how you stuck with such a rebellious people. And you worked with them with your love and mercy. To see how you you warned them to change their ways and the things that that they're doing that is not not godly, just to see the the patience that you, you, you lavish them with and to see how you chose someone, a man called Jeremiah to bring about a change and a warning in their midst. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll Do the same work within this church. Where you raise up Jeremiah's all over this church. People who are willing to stand up and be authentic in their faith so that they can reflect you in the truest way possible. I first want to ask, Father, that you would You would just bless us with your forgiveness today. We're asking that you would remove all of our sins. We confess them to you. And Father, as you forgive us, I pray, Lord, that you would, in a similar manner in which you equipped Jeremiah, so that he could move forward to foster a change. In the life of Judah, I pray that you will not only forgive, but, Father, that you will lavish us with your power so we first can experience your change. Change us into your likeness, Father. And I pray that you would use us to be a source of blessing in our homes and wherever you'd like us to be to lift up the name of Jesus. I thank you today for your church, your flock. May this flock continue to mature, continue to to thrive, and continue to lift up the name of Jesus. We ask in his name that the church of the living God say, Amen. Amen and Amen.